The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the October 21st edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Getting ready to break down a 30-deep fantasy draft. A lot of draft picks. Should be a lot to talk about. If you're in a deep league, this should really help you out. With me to do so, Mr. Round Ball Stu, Matt Strope. What's up, man? Hey, Mike. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Great, man. In uh, full-on draft mode right now. Pretty excited. With uh, I've got a few drafts this weekend, and I've got a slow draft going on right now. So it's it's all about the draft season, man. Only two more days of preseason. Or actually, one more. We're recording this on Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited to see what happens sure. on Thursday. Yeah, no doubt. I've got my uh, my hometown draft coming up this weekend, so nice. obviously a lot of uh, – it's going to be an intense one. How many people are in that one? That's just a 10-team league. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Do you know what, yeah. your pick, you know what pick you have yet? No, we do like – we actually do a draft lottery with like ping pong balls and everything, so I think we're going to do that tonight. <laughs> That's awesome. Tell, please tell me you have the super cool machine or anything. Like, it's a machine. It's like a mini one. They're tiny little ping pong balls, like oh smaller than mar- marbles, and the names get written on with like in like tiny letters. Oh my god! Please tell me you have someone hired to like write up the cards and stuff and get, get like Mark <laughs> no, Tatum. No. We don't have anyone on the payroll, unfortunately. Nice. We don't have the budget for that. Side note: Mark Tatum, his pronunciations for the second round picks during the draft. I, I just love those. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> yeah, that's the best. And he's—I uh, met him in uh, Vegas once. He's a—he's a really nice guy, man. He's jokester. pretty cool. Um, anyways, let's thankless, get, what's up? Thankless roll right there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Thankless roll pronouncing second round names. <laughs> and there's some tough ones, man. All right, so let's get down to this. Uh, Matt won it in 2014. I, I will proudly say I'm the reigning champ. So, and then Ryan Knast, he was a finalist in between. So, Roto World's holding it down in the 30 deep. So, I, I guess what do you? I guess from this draft or anything that you've kind of learned in this process or anything that people who play in like deep leagues that may want to consider going into this year or beyond? I mean, I, I do think my, the draft strategy is different for me when I'm in a deeper league like this one or just a standard size league. I mean, I think in a deeper league, I'm much more willing to, to make a safe pick uh, here and there. Uh, it, whereas in a standard league, I think I just shoot for upside a lot more, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And you shoot for a little bit more balance. And I mean, you just you really have to be more aware of guys who mesh with other guys like if you're in a 10 team i pretty much just draft the best player and that's it whereas if yeah. i'm in this 30 team league you don't you it's kind of hard you don't want to totally dominate like two or three categories so like it's really important to make sure that you're getting a big and a small in your first probably three rounds like you can't go big 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 or small 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 just because if you're right. first if you're first big or small is it pick 100 you're you're going to be battling it's tough to fill that hole uh just throughout the season it is and we'll get into uh one of my auto pick snafus in a little bit <laughs> where I, I was basically left with a hole in my lineup i'm not happy about it yeah there's uh auto picks bad. we do a slow draft 30 minutes on the clock from what 11 o'clock in the morning east coast to midnight 
East Coast. Um, so then, yeah, if you're not ready to go and you don't have your queue stacked, it can stack you, uh, really put you in a bad spot. For instance, the the worst pick obviously has to be Ben Simmons going number 40. I mean, it's yeah, just, just, just a season killer right there. Like, you're already dead money right there. Yeah, uh, no coming back. Yeah. So, hey, let's get down to this. We'll pretty much talk about our picks. Matt is extremely lucky. Ever since I've been in this league... <laughs> Dude, you every time you're picking like fourth or higher. I I was sixth last year. That was my best. I got Kevin Durant. That got me going. But every year I'm like 25, 30. But I got second this year. And I actually noticed before I even noticed my pick, I was like, oh man, Matt got third. How does this keep happening? I, I don't know that that's luck so much as just smart strategy. <laughs> like you just want to be at the top of this draft. So that's just where I land randomly every year. Trust the process. Where <laughs> <laughs> it's it's rigged if you want to go the, the Trump route. All it's right. my third. It's my third or fourth year in a row picking in the top five. I believe. I yeah. can't remember. If it's third or fourth. I yeah. gotta confirm that. You had DF Curry. DF Curry last have, year. No, I, I actually don't really want to talk about it oh, in too much yeah, detail. Yeah. I had the first pick and I took Anthony Davis. Yeah. Oh, he's so good for thirty deep though when, when he's on, man. Well, yeah, it's just the injuries. You can't survive injuries in this league. Yep, exactly. So yeah, let's get to it. I'll go first. I had the number two pick, and I was really excited to draft James Harden. I was, I'm was i not too high on Westbrook, but I would have probably taken him anyway. And anyone who's listened to this podcast knows how I feel about Harden. I think he's the number one guy. I think he is going to get close to 10 assists. I think he'll have seven boards. I think he's going to be top three or four in steals. I think he's going to be top five in threes. He's going to have a ton of turnovers. I think he'll shoot the ball better than Westbrook. He'll be more helpful in free throw percentage. Uh, I just think his ceiling is just—it's probably not as high in scoring, but I'm, I'm cool with that. So I think Harden was the number one player for me. Well, and I do think we should say here that this league this year just eliminated turnovers, so it's now an eight-category league, uh, somewhat controversially. So Harden obviously is helped a lot by that because his turnovers are going to be ridiculous this year. Yeah. And then, um, so, and then, do you agree with me on that, or? Well, you know what? I mean, I think you can also still make a case for Curry first. I mean, I, I don't think I'm alone there. I think that people maybe are a bit panicked by Durant arriving in town, but I still think Curry's going to do his thing. There's no, there's really no way he reaches last year's levels, but I still think he could potentially be the number one player overall. Yep, um, for sure. And that's just, my, that's just my opinion. The other thing I'll say is Westbrook is pretty interesting first choice. I mean, I looked this up, and if my, if my numbers are right, the last – Two years, he's played 48 games without Durant. He's averaged like 30 points, eight rebounds, and nine assists in those games. So, I mean, his numbers are going to be pretty ridiculous too. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. I think he's going to lead the league in scoring, and I think he'll probably lead the league in assists too. But I just think I think Harden will be better in the other categories, and Westbrook like the three big categories. Westbrook probably has an edge, but the other ones, I think Harden has the edge in all those. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Harden's going to hit a lot more threes. I I'm just. Harden kind of annoys me. I get a little personal on this one, and I shouldn't. But, yeah, I mean, value-wise, you certainly can't go wrong there. Yeah, Steve, Dr. Ray had this, uh, the same argument that it's just so hard to cheer for Harden um, for, yeah. for a litany of reasons. Uh, so, yeah. Curry, it sounds like you were really excited to land him number three. Yeah, for this league, that's just great to get a couple of dominating categories right there. Yeah, I mean, I kind of found myself, like, looking around, like, did an injury happen in the last 10 minutes that I missed or something? <laughs> like, what? oh, okay, no, I'll just take Curry. Yeah. So I wasn't really expecting him to be there third. Yeah, your pick was pretty much made for you there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, no there's really no debate. And Durant went four. We won't spend every pick here, but Durant went four. Nothing really too surprising. Cat went five. Kawhi went six. Giannis went seven. Like, nothing really was surprising. 
So we'll just, we're going to kind of go through the picks that we liked and didn't like for each of these rounds. Um, the three, there's two that I liked. Obviously, first round, it's kind of hard to like a pick, but I thought Millsap at 19 was a really awesome value, and I thought CP3 at 11 in this kind of league it was just a steal for Ryan. I agree. I agree 100% on both those guys, actually. I'm, I'm publishing a column uh, breaking down this draft, and I had written about both those guys specifically. Um, Millsap, basically in a contract year, I mean, he can opt out, so he's got he's going to be focused. And uh, CP3, I mean, easily could have been a top-five pick in terms of value. For sure, man. Mr. I mean, he's one of those guys. He's like the anti-Westbrook, where you think he's his playing career is going to go on and on and on and on because he doesn't count on his athleticism. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm, at, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, Giannis is an interesting one to me. I, I, I realize how awesome he was down the stretch last year, but I don't know. I do feel like you're paying a really high price for basically like 30 amazing games, and, and the first 50 or so games he was good but not amazing. So I don't know. Which guy are you getting? Where do, where do you land on that, Mike? I lean Giannis, man. It's it's super close, but I, I just think he's going to just wreck uh, and go crazy this season. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's close, though. I can see it. I mean, I can see it. I just don't think personally I'll be doing that in many of my leagues. I think I'm going to let someone else take him if, if I had to pay like a top eight pick. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get to the guys that we didn't like. There were two that jump out at me. Uh, I can't take DeMar DeRozan at 30. Uh, it's just such a capped upside. And then I don't like John Wall at 15. Like you said, risk for injury is just way too high. Two invasive knee surgeries, man. That's that's tough. So yeah, give give me somebody else like... It not I can't take Wall there. There's so many other options. Like like I would much rather have Millsap obviously and probably like 10, 10 15 other guys I take over Wall. I mean I would sure take Kyrie Irving before Wall. He went twenty first, and I would I would take Kyle Lowry before Wall too. He went eighteenth. Yep, so I me agree too. with you there. And the thing about DeRozan is like it illustrates how tough this league is for people who are drafting near the end of the first round. I mean it, you you could still make a different pick than DeRozan, but like your best player is someone in that ballpark. It's really hard to compete when we can take Harden and Curry, you know? Yeah, yeah. Our, like you said, our decision was made for you, man. If you, I don't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have done that. We'll talk about the picks that came after that, but like, you got to go for the home run hit. I mean, like twenty nine, uh, Porzingis went, Bledsoe twenty eight. I mean, those guys are potential first rounders. Carmelo twenty six. Yeah. Uh, I mean, those guys are difference makers, but then DeRozan's, I mean, he's not going to be a difference maker for you. No, I agree. You got to go for the home run and like some, someone like Bledsoe, I agree. I mean, there's certainly a worst case scenario where he misses a bunch of games, but he could also just go nuts. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on. Um, again, the only real buzz guy in the first round was Giannis at seven. Um, nobody else really, I mean, you're, if you're going in the first round, 30 picks, there's, it's pretty much as advertised. So picks that we liked here. Um, Al Horford went 31. I thought that was a massive steal. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge went 38. That was a really nice bargain. Rudy Gobert went 54. That was a steal. Uh, Jonas Valachunas 57. Nikola Jokic at 41 was really nice. And Serge Ibaka at 50. Those were all... I mean, interestingly, they're all big men right there. So, yeah, I, I thought those guys were, were just awesome picks. For sure, man. I mean, it's easy to forget Gobert was was a really high draft pick last year. So we're one year removed from him being like a borderline first rounder in some leagues. So that's a, a ridiculous steal at fifty four potentially. Yep. And uh, I uh, yeah. Big, I also, big preseason on, too. I just wanted to add. He's that looks really good this preseason. Yeah, and I'm with you on Ibaka too. I mean, another guy who's in a contract year. So uh, could be good things ahead for him. 
I'll tell you one guy I like, and I didn't hear you mention, is Goran Dragic. I don't know, I don't know where you land on that, but I think with Wade and Bosch out of the picture, I think uh, good things could be ahead for him this year. Yeah, I hate the trade rumor though. That kind of scares yeah. me off a little bit. I mean, if you're taking him there, you're kind of capped. I mean, in the past two, three years, we haven't really seen Dragic go on. Especially last year, he was kind of down. So you're pretty much paying maxed out price right there. So I mean, I don't dislike it, but I thought the other picks were better. Like when. But when I th- I thought that the person who took him there, I thought he was gonna take my boy Miles Turner, and um, but yeah, he he didn't, and yeah, it was I was happy with that. I, but yeah, it's fine. I mean, he was probably the one of the best guards left for sure. You look at the guards yeah. that went after. I mean, you took Knight. Did you want Did you want Dragic overnight? I would have gone Dragic overnight. Oh, yeah. um, I actually think Knight will be fine in a six man role. My biggest worry is him getting hurt, but uh, he's not super durable. But I was fine with that pick. Honestly, I wasn't super excited about it. I would have loved to have gotten Devin Booker. but Oh, yeah? He went 53rd. Yeah, I like Booker a lot. You're not high on him? Uh, I am, but 53, man. Like, that's max for me, man. Like, I just don't see... People are saying he's similar to Russell on the upside. Russell's going to get more dimes. I think he gets more steals. I mean, I think that they're both going to be really bad in field goal percentage. So I, I just see Russell has a, a, a whole other maybe 20 spots of upside higher. I don't really see go um, Devin Booker as a difference-making, kind of a league-winning kind of a guy, especially that early. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying, and I guess I'm being a little bit hypocritical here because I'm kind of evaluating Booker on his last, you know, 20-something games where he was, like, around 22 points per game with five assists, you know. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know. If he does that, I think he's worth it at 53. But... He still has to make a shot. He was only like 40% post-break, though. Yeah. So, that's, that's a concern for me, too. Yeah, and you mentioned D'Angelo Russell. He went 32nd, and uh, that's a pretty interesting pick right there. Yeah. He... So, what, did you, what do you like more, the Russell at 32 or Booker at 53? I like, I like Russell more at 32, even though it was a lot, well, a lot earlier. You know what? I think I would take... I would I would rather have Booker at fifty three than Russell at thirty two. Okay. Just it just you're talking about the cost. I mean, yep, yep. I really like Russell. I was watching some of his preseason highlights today. He looks super impressive. Yeah. He's he looks like he's barely trying and he's he's dropping thirty plus points. Uh, his shot looks pretty sweet too. But oh, so good. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, what, what like is he gonna be like a twenty five and five guy with a bunch of threes? He could be. Oh, man. He definitely could be. That's that's a jump right there. I mean, with Bledsoe there, I, I just don't see. And but again, they don't have a lot of front court scoring. Like Alex Chandler's going to have like a twelve usage rate. T.J. Warren should get some shots, but that team's yeah. going to score so much. And Booker, to also to your point too, he's going to play some small forward. So that's yeah, and he has a lot. It's just I think that the field goal percentage pulling him down is what scares me off him the most. Like if 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 we had a deal where it'd be like, okay, Devin Booker will shoot 45% from the field. Like, okay, I would take him in like the third round. I would take him like top 35, maybe even top right, let's 30. Let's just make that deal. Then. <laughs> right. make that deal. Yeah. deal with the devil. Um, all right. Uh, let's, let's move on from Devin Booker here. Um, yeah. What else? What else do we got from? Uh, well, well, let, yeah. let me jump in on Miles Turner because you brought him up and it's your pick and you may not want to brag about it. I will say that was the first case where I made a pick. You made a pick about five seconds later because we were picking back to back. Yeah. And I saw you take Miles Turner, and I was like, oh, crap. I probably should have taken him. I that thought was like... for sure. I was talking to Ryan, and I was like, oh, man, Strop's going to take Turner, isn't he? He's going to take him. Because you went small. I thought you were going to go big. 
God, to, could you I know thought... what, man? I, I don't know. These things happen. I, I honestly, I saw Miles Turner's name, and I was like, right, right after I picked, you took him. Almost as if someone was going to somehow pick before you could. Eight, sec- him, eight like... seconds it took me, according to the. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I was like, that made it feel worse for me. I was like, oh man, yeah, I had Miles Turner. Dude, yeah, I was, sweat- I was like, I was literally sweating while, while you were on the clock. I was like, please don't take it. Please don't take it. I was going crazy. But okay, so let's talk guys we didn't like. Obviously, we don't like Simmons. Uh, I was surprised Camel went Dwight Howard at forty nine. Uh, I thought Rodney Hood, who I love at fifty five, is way too early. And then Dennis Schroeder. I'm not a big Schroeder guy. Uh, I thought forty eight was a little early for me there. Uh, anybody else that you want to disagree with on that, or anybody no, want to add? I'll jump in on all three of those guys because first of all, Camel uh, is an Atlanta guy, so I think that sways him toward Howard. But still, I mean. I think Dwight's going to be pretty good. Like, I think his scoring average is going way up this year from, from what, I mean, last year in Houston, he got like eight and a half shots per game, right? So he's going to be a lot more involved. I mean, yeah. he's obviously going to kill you in free throw percentage as always, but I think he looks, he looks pretty spry to me. I think he's going to be pretty good this oh, year. Oh, he looks great. I, was, I wasn't going to draft him. I think he's going to be really valuable in real life. I think fantasy is going to be typically kind of frustrating. Yeah, that was a head scratch uh, to me. Uh, love Kamala, but I, I didn't really get why he would put Lillard with if if he had LeBron, it's just you're gonna kill your free throw. You're just zapping value off lowered with that pick with the free throws. Yeah, so I, I'm that. with you there. Um, I actually like Schroeder a lot, but I I am a Hawks fan, so I'm a little bit blinded by my loyalty. But I mean his 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 per thirty minute numbers or thirty plus minute numbers. He hasn't played thirty more minutes in a game that many times, but when he does, he's been around seventeen point seven assists. I, I mean, I think he's gonna be able to do whatever he wants to. He's gonna have the ball in his hands a ton. I'm excited about him. Yeah, he's going to be a lot of fun for sure. Uh, so just the buzz guys, we, t- we talked about two already, and then Miles Turner was the third buzz guy that I wrote down. So round three, um, picks that I liked. Again, you had it. Uh, your pick was made for you with Marcin Gortat, and that, that was like a no-brainer pick. And, man, he falls. And he's, in, he's in a good spot. People are just like, oh, he signed Jan Mahimi. It was Jan. This, you picked him before the knee injury, right? I think yes. Yeah. So now that Miami's out, not that there was any concern, I think Gortat is going to be just really good, man. I had him last year, and I loved owning him. And every year, he's in a, yeah. Every year, though, every year he's just awesome down the stretch. I mean, the past two years he's been like top twenty-five for nine cat. Anyways, he he's an example of like a perfect guy for this league, I think, because you know he, he's not super dynamic, but he's basically does the same thing year in and year out. He, you know. He just holds down center cat, big man categories without doing anything spectacular. And in a league like this, he's not going to miss a lot of games, most likely. So it's pretty useful. Yep. And then I took Zach Levine. I'm, I mean, he looks so good. His shot looks just on point, man. I think Levine's going to be a monster. I think he, I think he's going to be right in that uh, Booker kind of a tier where just shooting guards who just score in the twenties with a little bit of everything. But I think Levine will shoot the ball better. Than, than Booker will. I mean, he's, do you, are you a Levine guy? Steve's I, a big Levine I, guy. I love Levine. I, I love Levine. I've, I've, I've been touting him for a few years now. And I will say, that's a really good example of why not to take Booker at 53 if you can get Levine 10 picks later. Yep. Uh, you, that's a good example you just made there. Yeah, I'm, fine, I like that man. pick a lot. Shooting, like the thing I've noticed too about drafting, I, I tend to be, like if I'm on the fence on a wing or a big or a point guard, I tend to downgrade the wings just because I get so many of them that fall. Mm-hmm. I don't know if if it's just who I'm drafting with or what, but every time I always I've been going heavy, and I usually fill out uh, later. I mean Levine for he goes sometimes like seventy five, and I was like, all right, yeah. I mean he was just or that's a steal, yeah for sure. So let's go through these. 
And we'll start speeding up once we get through the first like five rounds, just so you guys know. Uh, so other pick that I liked, well, uh, or two other ones that I liked, were Tobias Harris at 66. I thought that was solid. And then Bradley Beal fell all the way to 84. Uh, I think that the, the reward outweighs the risk at probably around like 70. I mean, this guy can fill it up. He's talking about taking 20 shots a game. So I thought that was one of my favorite picks of this round too. Yeah, Beal is kind of an outlier for me because I've just been talking about making safe picks some of the time. Beal is very much not a safe pick, but he's so ridiculous when he's on and when he's healthy. So I think that's one where, like you said, the reward could outweigh the risk. Yeah. Uh, anybody else feel, that you saw that you liked this one? Yeah, I feel similarly about Danilo Gallinari, who went 89th. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he was killing it last year for stretches, and when he's healthy these days, he looks pretty awesome. Yep. Oh, I'm with that. He looks six really good. Uh, so picks I didn't like. I didn't like Rudy Gay at 67. I, I don't like drafting guys with a lot of trade. Um, Ricky Rubio, same thing. <laughs> Risky trade. Uh, Aaron Gordon, who I like, but there are just some other guys that I like a little bit more, so I wasn't too keen on that. Uh, I hated Harrison Barnes going in oh, this man. round. I'm with you. So with you, bad. He's, he's like shooting. He's 35 true shooting percentage. And fun stat I looked up yesterday Kevin Durant's true shooting percentage is more than double Harrison Barnes' true shooting percentage in the preseason. By so, the way, Barnes, I think, is 12 for 51 in the preseason shooting, yeah. if, I, if I'm right. Yeah, I think, what, 23%, and then he's pretty good from the line to boost him to 30. He went, like, 6 for 6 from the line the other day. So yeah. his inefficiency is just a joke. He's the only player in the preseason who's played in six games, 150, 155 guys played in six games with at least 20 minutes, um, a usage rate or usage rate of at least 22, and then true shooting under 36. Like he's by far the worst high volume guy in the NBA. <laughs> like it's great, and then get on max uh, deal. You uh, mentioned Gordon. I actually I, I want to comment on him real quick. I feel like there's a perception that he has monster upside because he's like crazy dunker and an awesome athlete. If you look at his numbers as starter last year, they're they're okay, and he had some really good games, but overall it's nothing spectacular. Yeah. No, I love I love him. Like around later, I would have like, oh, great pick. But just there's so many other guys that I feel that are more like guys that um I also like too. Where I also I forgot to mention I liked Jabari Parker at 72. Like I would take Parker over Gordon kind of easily. Parker looks amazing in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, what, how'd you feel about Embiid at 75? I this is interesting because when that pick was made, this was the day before the back to back thing was kind of up in the air. So at yeah. the time, I was like, man, that's a risky pick. And I love Embiid. But then when that back-to-back thing got dropped, it made it kind of like an okay pick. Yeah. I think this in, in this league, it's it's probably one that I would not make. But in a, in a different league where you can certainly back him up with a player a few rounds later, then I might go for it. Yeah, because if he gets rested for three weeks, you're kind of kind of in a tough spot, especially for your center. It's really tough to replace centers. He's, got a, he's got a smooth jump shot, though, man. I saw oh, I him step him. into that three. Oh, he's he's the best, man. He's one of my... He also... Did you happen to see his tweet last night during the debate? This is on <laughs> no, Wednesday night. Oh, my God. It, it was epic. So, Ben, uh, ben Simmons... Uh, tweeted out, I can't listen to this guy anymore. And then Embiid quote tweeted him. I'm going to try to pull it up here. Uh, if he wins, he's going to deport you. <laughs> so wow. good. Yeah. He's always just, Embiid's a character, man. And he's always hollering at Rihanna and all that. But yeah, if you don't follow Sound. Joel Embiid, man, he's, he's one of the, the best followers. I actually have Joel Embiid mobile notifications on my phone now. <laughs> That's Trust awesome. the process. Uh, all right, so let's get back on track here. Uh, other, let's see, other picks that we 
Anybody else you, that you did like? We, we pretty much got that. Did well, I liked Yusuf Nurkic at seventy nine. Yeah, I had him in the buzz section, but I definitely like that. I did not like Greg Monroe at eighty. I'm just kind of bored by the whole thing at this point. I thought that was fine value. Eighty. It, it's fine. And then, by the way, being a total hypocrite again because I picked Gortat at it, you know so. I, for some reason, Monroe bores me. I don't know. I don't Not a lot of blocks. Up. I mean, Gortat, Gortat, that block scarcity makes him worthwhile. Like, I would take Gortat over Monroe pretty easily. Yeah. Even though they have uh, reverse initials. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, um, yeah, so picks I didn't like. Um, Tyreek also at 90. That was probably an auto pick. Uh, and then yeah. where, the, where the buzz guys went here, uh, Levine at 62 has got a lot of buzz. Jeremy Lin at 64. Man, I like this Nets offense. They're pushing the pace. Uh, Lin is, I think, top three among like the elite scorers. He's over 70 true shooting. Atkinson loves him. I, I mean, I'm not going to say Lin's going to be a top 30 player, but I think he's moved past that. He used to be in the, I want to say, 75 and after range, but I think he's in that 55-75 range now for a point guard and an up-tempo system, man. That's, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, and I mean, at this point, there's not exactly anyone real obvious who could, like, force him into a platoon. I mean, Gravis Vasquez is there, but, like, you're not really too worried about his backup situation. Yeah, it's so, going to take a long time for Isaiah Whitehead to really do anything. And Karis LeVert, they're kind of grooming him more as a 2-3. Rather, He played one, kind yeah. of 1-2 at Michigan, and now they're grooming him 2-3. I mean, if Lynn's getting to play a lot, he's going to put up numbers, so I, I see it. Yeah, and Jonas Bader's big big knock on Lynn is he's worried that the Nets are going to shut him down like they did with Thad and Brooke last year. But, I mean, if they shut him down the last two games, I mean, that's not, that's not a big deal. Or two, three, four games. Yeah, and I think you got to be careful. Like, in some of my leagues, people head-to-head leagues, people are drafting with playoff schedules in mind, you know. And and it's okay to do that, but I think you got to just – you can't project too far ahead when yeah. you're drafting in October to, like, April. you got to just take guys – who are going to perform and get your team off to a strong start. And don't be thinking, like, projecting what's going to happen in April. Right. I think like you got to be careful. If I'm in a league that's really competitive, I don't think like that at all. But if I'm in a league where I'm in the playoffs every single year, then, yeah, I mean, I would take that into a bigger consideration. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, you mentioned Nurk at 79 was another buzz guy. Uh, so we moved around four picks. Uh, let's talk about our picks first. Uh, we were on the back end of this. So this is for um, – oh, no, we were on – no, yeah, we were on the back end. Um, you again I was looking at three guys and you took one of the three but it was the, the, the one I wanted the least of the three uh, you took Nikola Mirotic and then I backed uh, I'll get to my picks in a little bit so what, what, let's start with this are you worried about the bad preseason he's hurt now a little bit so are you kind of how are you feeling about that pick right now I, I feel like you know what I, I'm a little worried about the bad preseason he has had a couple good games I think he's a guy who is going to have like some swings during the season he's gonna have some monster games like he did last year um and he's gonna have some stretches where he's really frustrating i think overall he's useful and i can start him in this league i just felt like he's he's got you know a pretty decently high floor overall and still has some upside so i don't know i was kind of debating between him and Otto porter actually and you yeah. took porter yeah uh, uh yeah i mean miritich is i'm a little worried about him but but I have other people I'm more worried about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at him in the second unit, and they have, with Michael Carter-Williams, who's kind of a higher usage guy compared to most backup, backup point guards, Doug McDermott could space the floor, so I don't think that they're depending on him to sh- shoot the three quite so much, whereas if he was in the first unit, 
it would be like, all right, we need him out there to take shots and to be a threat to open things up. Whereas, um, what the stat I looked up a while ago was there were 12 individual players last year that had more three point makes than the entire bull starting five from last year. Like, right. It's just crazy how that, that team's going to have no space. So not having Miritich out there is just, it's a, it's a buzzkill. So I'm a little bit worried. Like, again, you got fine value there. Whereas I think if we drafted like two weeks ago, he would have went like, same thing with Otto Porter. Like if we drafted two, three weeks ago, these guys would have gone way before where we got them. So I was, I was happy with that. And yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that pick for sure. It's a little frustrating though now knowing that I probably could have flip-flopped him. Like if I had taken Porter, I might have gotten both guys. But oh well. Ah uh, no, I probably would have still taken Miritich, man. There was really okay. no one else because I needed I needed two forwards. So like I said, oh, okay. I was looking True. at I was looking at those three guys, and I was like, all right. I I didn't think that I didn't think they all would fall. I was looking at him, Damari Carroll, who went the pick before. And I was like, oh no, not again. <laughs> With uh, and then also, by the way, in that second round, I just I should mention this really quick. So I was dying for a big man, and then we mentioned too, like the big man just flew off the board. With Gobert, Favors, Valachunas, all going and like three picks right before you, um, with Rodney Hood mixed in there. And I was like, oh boy, Miles Turner's gonna go and I'm gonna be stuck. But yeah. Um, anyways, so um, yeah, I I took on the front end. I took Dario Sarge. If you've heard this pod, you know how I feel. I know Ben Simmons for a long, long time, maybe all season. They really want to establish him as a ball handler. They're working him in for the three more. Um, I've always loved Philly's system for steals. I think he's a decent shot blocker. He'll probably get .6.7 there. So uh, just a cheap kind of a do-it-all kind of a guy, and I, I love guys like that. And another reminder to maybe don't over don't put too much stock into preseason stats. I think a lot of people know that, but it's really easy to look at a guy's preseason game log and either be overly excited or turned off. Sarge hasn't done anything that dramatic, but... If he can play, it's going to come out during the season, like you said. Yeah, they seem committed to him. They've talked about cultivating the Embiid-Sarge kind of tandem this season. Uh, okay, so picks that we liked in this round. Uh, I thought Chandler Parsons, who has a lot of risk, especially in this league, uh, you want to make sure your guys are healthy. But I thought 97 was really nice. I love Robin Lopez at 98. I thought Avery Bradley at 101 was probably a top three or four steal in this draft. And then Kent Bazemore at 102, that, that was another really solid pick. I like all those guys. I like Parsons less just because, I mean, he still hasn't suited up. And you can get buried so early in this league. I mean, that's very specific to this league. But if you can get him 97 in a standard league, yeah, that's a great pick. Yeah, I got him 99 in a 14-team uh, standard. I was, like, pretty pretty pumped for that. He slipped. I almost took him at, like, what, like 68, 69 or something. And I was like, all right, here he is again. Got to take him this time. Carroll's a pretty interesting pick to me. He yeah. only played like 26 games last year, but he still had, I think, 1.83s and 1.7 steals when he did play. He's he's gonna be he's gonna get a lot of both this year. Yeah, definitely a kind of uh, Jay Crowder light should be not great in points, but should do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, so anybody else that you liked in this round? Well, I think Brandon Ingram is worth mentioning. Uh, he went. He went 106 after his big preseason game. I was watching some of those highlights. Yeah, he looks pretty smooth. I mean, granted, some of it was in preseason garbage time, but he was scoring on some of Golden State's top defenders. I think he's an interesting, interesting player. I'm not sure I'm dying to take him, but he's kind of a buzz guy. Yeah, it's gonna take a while uh, for him to kind of, I guess, be top hundred-ish. I think he's gonna have some shooting issues and not a big shot blocker, even with all that size. Um, yeah. So buzz players from this round, talked about some of them. Uh, we had Ronde at 105. I like that. And then I took Dario at 119. And then Chris Dunn, who is 
possibly, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, going to be starting at some point. Basically, when the calendar turns, I'd say he's talking about like 25, 30, 20 games or so. So, what you, I mean, Dunn's been horrible. Uh, he's shot the yeah. ball worse than Harrison Barnes. I think he's 9% on <laughs> jump shots. Um, and that's just before yesterday. I didn't, I didn't add that. But, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I'm cool with him there in this league where you want to go for the home run, especially when point guard was kind of dried up at that point. Yeah, I mean, Dunn, I was looking this up today. I think Dunn and Emmanuel Moutier, not surprisingly, have, have yet to hit 40% in a single preseason game. Uh so yeah, I mean that's that's kind of was the knock on him. He's like a ridiculous athlete, but he can't shoot. So <laughs> it's a big concern for me, man. I, I'm I'm definitely staying away in standard leagues. I think because the thing about Dunn and Moutier still is like they'll tempt you and get into your lineup for like a whole week because they had an awesome game, and then they just destroy you in field goal percentage once they get in there. Yeah, it's tough, man, and like especially nine cat where. Like the Moutier thing, you, I can deal with a guy being kind of bad in two categories, but especially if one of them is turnovers, like I don't care about that. But I agree. three to get to, to be toxic in three categories is just it's it's so hard to hit value with that. Yeah, even head to head. Yeah, not worth it. I uh, agree, hundred percent. Yeah, I thought uh, Joakim Noah was also interesting at what one seventeen, one sixteen. That was a uh-huh. interesting pick. Yeah, I mean he could be rejuvenated for sure. He, you know, he's. He's kind of a guy that people don't get that excited about because of the injuries and the fact that he doesn't score a lot. But, yeah, New Destination could could serve him well. And then I also, on the notes that we had here, I put Rocco as a, a didn't like. I actually did like him at 111. I thought that was a really solid steal. He's going to play a ton of minutes with no Simmons around. There was a big groan in the draft room in the chat when he got taken. I yeah. think a bunch of people were queuing him up, including me. I was, I was seven picks after that, and I really wanted Covington. Yeah, I don't know why he fell so hard. I mean, there's like Michael Carter Williams went before him, Zebo, and there's just Marquise Morris. I, I wouldn't have done obviously. I feel like the Sixers are a weird team to kind of get a get a grip on. Maybe that's why he fell. People don't know with with new people around. How's he going to fit in? What's his playing time going to look like? Yeah, I I mean he's fine. I th- they're going to play. I guess the Sarge playing the three before Simmons got hurt. Maybe that scared people off, but. Brett Brown's played him at shooting guard before, Covington that is, so he would have found minutes for him, I think. Yeah, I agree. Even He's a guy who just explodes and steals in threes every now yeah, and then. Yeah, super for that. those two. Uh, okay, so we can move on. Uh, okay, so actually, guys, we didn't like. I thought Justice Winslow at 94 was, was way too early. Not not a good fantasy-relevant uh, guy. Zebo 103, no thank you. Michael Carter-Williams at 104. This was pre-trade, um, and I still obviously still don't like it now. Uh, I, yeah, I was not a fan of any of those picks. No, I'm not a fan of those either, obviously. Uh, and then I, I'm I'm avoiding Derrick Rose as well. I mean, I stopped drafting him years ago. Maybe that goes without saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why people. But yeah, I guess I mean, there's up at this point. I mean, it's worth a shot. Maybe the new scenery could help him out. But yeah, I, I doubt it. Okay, so let's get. To, we'll just kind of talk about guys we like from here on out. This is pretty much just post standard league kind of flyers, I guess, for you guys. Uh, guys I liked were Courtney Lee at uh, 136, Marcus Smart, who's hurt now, so I don't like that anymore, but I thought that was a good value at 131. Gary Harris was a bargain at 130. Seth Curry I liked at 139. Taj Gibson's going to start. Should be solid for blocks, boards, and a little bit of points. Good field goal percentage. And then one of my favorite late picks now is Tyler Johnson, especially now with the Goran Dragic trade rumors. He looks like a really nice kind of a, a difference maker in the, in the last couple rounds of the standard league. Yeah, he went one forty seventh. What What are your thoughts on the uh, 
the guy who went on 127th. Marquise overall. Chris. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a head-scratcher. I had him queued up for the next turn, so this is like 60 picks away. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll take him there, because he had one of the best preseason weeks coming into that pick, where he had that, what, 18-4 block, 1-3, one, 1 steal, 7-8 board games. I was like, oh, hey, this guy can do some stuff. And he started center, so extra position flexibility is good, uh, especially in that up-tempo system. I thought he's looked really good with Brandon Knight. But yeah, you're 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 missing some really good players there at 127. Like all those players yeah. I like went after him. He's a pretty exciting stash though. I mean, he's a dunking machine. His shot looks pretty smooth. Like he, you know, I don't know what his playing time looks like early on, but like for for later in the season, he can be a pretty fun guy. Yeah, the the key for me was with the center thing, and they played him at center a lot in summer league. So basically, when Tyler. Uh, uh, Tyson Chandler goes down. It's not a matter of if it's when, or a matter of if it's when. So when that happens, you're getting a big bump. And Alex Len too's had some durability issues, has a back spasm issue now. So yeah, you're just kind of putting more chips in the roulette table with extra positions. Um, so anybody else that you noticed from round five that caught your eye? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, Danny Green went 125th overall. Like even even as frustrating as he was last year, he was still around a steal and a block per game with a three and a half, and that was basically a worst case scenario season. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we paid up hard for him last year, and he was just no good. So kind of the old post hype sleeper, kind of a thing. For um, sure. So let's see here. Moving on. Anything else? Around, let's move to round six, I guess. Uh, guys, I liked Ish Smith at 153. You're gonna get probably five weeks of a guy to help you out. Uh, I thought Jamichael Green at 161 was a really nice pick. Josh Richardson's a nice little stash. Bowen Bogdanovich 167 was really nice. I thought Rick Campbell completely stole Trey Lyles at 169. And same thing for Terrence Jones. I wanted one of those two guys bad, and they almost made it to us. Would you would you <laughs> pounce on either one of those two? I was on Jamichael Green for sure. Yep, yeah, uh, Jamichael. All three of those forwards were right yeah. top of my queue. Yeah, I was watching some Hawks, uh, Hawks New Orleans the other night. And Terrence Jones looks good, man. Outside shot looks good. Yeah, he, he's a he's a great late round pick, considering a guy who can get threes and blocks and boards. Yeah, we've seen TJ go on like month long runs of being top fifteen, top twenty guy, man. But uh, yeah, he's in a good system too. Gentry's going to use him, and then Jamichael Green too. He's impressed me, man. I kind of kind of wrote him off early, but he's going to start and get some burn. Yeah, I think that's a th- that's a thing that a lot of people are aware of that Zach Randolph's coming off the bench, but but yeah, that's uh, if you can get him at one sixty one in this league, you can probably get him last round in whatever league you're drafting in. Yep. So last him and Tyler Johnson, I'm hoping are kind of like my last round picks, and a couple there's a couple others we'll talk about too. Um, anybody else in the sixth round that um, kind of is a guy you think is kind of standard league worthy? Oh, I should mention that uh, I picked up Chris Middleton. At, we have uh, a couple IR spots in this league, and I was like, all right, I'll use one, and hopefully I can fill up my, my bench with somebody. And actually, I, I got someone based on uh, someone getting released today um, that we'll talk yes, about in did. a second. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped for that. So, yeah, what's, what's your thoughts on Middleton? I mean, how many, like how much of an IR spot do you have to use to, to put him out there? I mean, to I mean in this league where you have two IR spots, I think you had nothing to lose with that pick. I think that's smart. Um, I think it's hard if your league does not have an IR spot. You know, you're gonna, uh, stashing the guys who are out that long are, are pretty brutal. But yeah, especially if you're in daily leagues, where you're swapping guys in. If it gets a weekly league and you have a deep bench, then okay, it's not hurting you as much. 
But yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, this guy's out six months. So if he's out for six months, you're looking at best case like April first. So yeah, yeah, it's just pretty much flyer. To, if you ain't first, you're last. Kind of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, you got him back just in time for the finals in this league. Exactly, Congrats. exactly. It's the plan. Uh, so moving on here. Um, I thought Montres Harrow in round seven was an interesting pick. Kind of a nice little Mike D'Antoni's crazy. I'll give him a shot. Um, <laughs> and then I took Dwight Powell. I was I was pretty excited. I've kind of been disappointed since he's since I made that pick. They haven't really been playing him too much at center. Salah Mejri's kind of come in there, but I think that the way they want to play, uh, they'll probably get Powell working more. I think Powell's a better pick and roll guy to run with Seth Curry. So. I'm still not giving up on Powell. More of a, I guess, a 16-team kind of a guy for now. Yeah, well, if it makes you feel better, this was the first of my uh, tragic <laughs> auto picks, and I ended up with Jarrett Jack, and yeah. I was just... Dude, I, I'm not going to make excuses and say why why I auto-picked. It just happened, and we got to live with it, but I'm not happy about it. Yeah. Oh, and you also took TJ Warren, by the way. We should mention that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was 178, I think, right before you took Middleton. Yeah. Well, were, were you well, excited for that? I mean, I was excited in the sense of in this league, you can, if you have guys, like we start eight guys in this league, if you have your last couple of players, if they just play and give you something, that is helpful. So like Warren is not a guy who's going to do much other than score points, but he is, he does seem to have a prominent role. So, you know, if he gets 12 points a game, you know, I had Harrison Barnes on my 30, 30 deep team a couple of years ago and like his 11 points per game was helpful in this setting. You know what I mean? Yep. Oh, it's big, man. Just guys get out, especially if they are kind of across the board kind of a guys. And I think that Warren's going to be a little bit better in like steals and stuff. Just from the way, I mean, the Suns have uh, the NBA high in pace, 107.1 possessions for 48. It's just ridiculous. They're not going to be that fast, but you could tell, man, they want to get up and go, especially with the way that they're so guard dependent on scoring. Uh, okay, so other guys that uh, are worth mentioning for round seven. Uh, Justin Anderson is interesting to me for deep leagues because if anyone gets hurt, he gets a bigger role. He plays three positions, and he plays them all pretty well. He's a pretty good stretch four. He can guard bigger guys. Uh, I thought DJ Augustine's a good pick. I'm not totally sold that Frank Vogel is going to buy into Alfred Payton. And then Stanley Johnson with the same same thing where if he plays well, I think he could take some minutes from Marcus Morris and KCP. So those are the names that caught my eye. Stealing minutes from unreliable point guards is DJ Augustine's specialty, man. Right. He always figures out a way to do that. <laughs> exactly. And so, and anybody else? I thought Dante Exum was interesting because with Hayward out, maybe he could make a charge and, and push maybe George Hill for minutes to, to split that and then play some. Utah's bench is just ridiculous. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was an interesting pick. I, I don't think I, I mean, would have made it because his upside's kind of low. Right, I agree. And like, even though he was such a high draft pick a couple of years ago, I don't think he can score yet. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, anytime a guy you can get a guy with that kind of profile at least this late, it's worth a try in case things click. I I noticed the uh, Mario Hazonia pick at one ninety one. Yep. Kind of like that one. That was a good one. And then also Demonte Sabonis was a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and I don't, I don't know how, how far down are we going right now because I got a few from later. But Yeah, we'll just, we'll just go through the rest really quick here. Uh, round eight, I wrote down – I love Pat McCall, man. Um, I think he's going to be really helpful. We're going to talk about him a lot on DFS. Terry Rozier, if we had drafted today, I think Rozier would have went about 100 picks earlier. Uh, yeah. He looks good. Marcus Smart's going to miss time. If you're in a standard league and you have someone you don't really like who is a low upside guy – 
give her a zero look. Uh, we don't know how long Smart's going to be out. All oh, it's just kind of guessing game. Uh, Kay Felder, there's talking about playing Shumpert at the one, so that's something to watch, but I still like that pick. Uh, you took Jalen Brown in front of me. Uh, I wanted him pretty bad, uh, so that was a good pick. He Man, he's better than I thought. I was down on him, but he's he can do a little bit of everything. Yeah, and they're they're just crazy enough to give him minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they're they want to prove that they're right about that one. I think they're so gonna go I don't small think, a lot. I don't think they're gonna bury the. You know, they got questioned for making that pick, so they're gonna have every incentive to show that he can play this year. Yep, and if they're gonna play Jay Crowder at the four for like 10, 15 minutes, man, that's all pretty much all going to Brown. Yeah, so I mean, look, if he gets twenty five minutes a game, I'll be thrilled. But certainly could happen. Yep, and then I took Nemanja Bielitsa. With the second and last pick in this round, a uh, guy who I've always liked, uh, Gorgie Jang blew up last night. Um, but yeah, I, I can see I can see Bielitsa getting 22, 23 minutes, and I think he's a decent per minute kind of a guy, especially in a Tibbs kind of a system. I like that pick too. I mean, he may not be a guy that you that is giving you something every week, but there could be stretches where you know if there's an injury or, or even when there's not an injury, he's going to be useful. Yep, for sure. Uh, so then next round here. Uh, I took Chris McCullough, who probably another guy who probably three weeks ago I would have taken him probably two rounds earlier, probably like 150, but he's looked terrible in the preseason. But the Nets, I mean, they're going to probably start Trevor Booker. So like you, like you said earlier, man, targeting guys with weaker, older uh, older players ahead of him, uh, especially on bad teams, that's kind of a, a sneaky thing to do in deeper leagues. And then you did uh, Tareem Prince going homer mode. Well, what was your? How do you feel about him and DeAndre Bembry, or how do you see that those minutes shaking out? Prince, Prince can play the four a little bit better than Bembry can. Yeah, I think Prince is ahead of Bembry just in terms of like being able to shoot and being a big time defensive presence. I don't know; it's obviously crowded there at shooting guard and small forward, but I just feel like eventually he's going to get a shot. Cephalosha always gets dinged up, so I think Prince. I mean, Prince is like. You know, if you put up some nice defensive stats, I've been watching him since summer league. He's a he's a big active dude. Yeah. So and and he can shoot. I actually was mad about the pick when the Hawks made it, but he's grown on me a lot since then. Yeah, very much reminiscent of Damari Carroll for sure. Uh, other picks that I like from this round, I thought Karis LeBert is like ideal for this league. Got the IR spot, stash him, see what happens. Surprised Denzel Valentine fell where he did. Cameron Payne, kind of the same thing for LeVert. Especially now with the trade rumors. And if he gets traded and the Kings kind of give him the keys, uh, maybe he does some things. And another Hawk, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. I think he's someone to watch, especially now with without Jack there. I think Hardaway Jr., who's having a terrible so preseason. Um, but yeah, I thought he was worth it too. I'm getting mad all over again about the Jared Jack pick when I see <laughs> when Tim Hardaway Jr. went, man. Yeah. Tim Hardaway Jr. looks good. Yeah. He's... he's uh, he can make some noise for sure. Anybody else from this? Uh, I thought I thought Trey Burke was interesting too with John Wall with the injury concerns, but we've seen Trey Burke just be so bad for so long. But I mean, Scott Brooks is, has some works some magic for point guards before, so maybe yeah. Do it. I, I didn't mind actually as a deep league pick at Davis. To yep. be honest with you, Boston. I mean, <laughs> sorry, uh, Portland's front front court is just such a mess. Yeah, it just feels like that's a guy who's like. I don't know. If you, if you look at last year, at least he, he was just – there were some things he did that were helpful. You know what I yeah. mean? Some boards and blocks. Like, he's probably going to help you some. Like, yeah. That's, like, that's, at this point in the draft, that's what I was looking for. doesn't need a big impact, like kind of Cole Aldrich, where if he gives you 20 minutes, you're pretty much good. Yeah. So he'll help you out with the block scarcity. Uh, so moving on to round 10, some names that I thought were interesting here were 
Uh, Thomas Sadoransky, he may play some backup point guard uh, if he can kind of leapfrog Trey Burke. I like the Sam Decker pick. Uh, Willie Reed was a really good pick. And then Tommy Beer sniped me pretty hard. I wanted Malcolm Brogdon really bad in this round. And then did you did you want Ennis or did you get autoed on Ennis? That's actually not a um, bad pick now because with uh, Pat Beverly possibly getting surgery, that's a sneaky pick if, if uh, the hardened point guard experiment fails. Then... No, I did take I did take Ennis on purpose. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a good pick. Yeah, I mean, I was desperate. Like I said, the, the whole Jared Jack debacle left me desperate for guards. And in this league, you have to, like, fill out positions. So, yeah, I was just reaching for guards who weren't totally boring or, or just washed up. Yeah, and then I went safe here. And I was surprised that Costa Kufis fell to me where he did. I mean, I think this guy is kind of like Ed Davis where he's going to play, but he's a little bit more certain of a role. Possibly starting. He's pretty good per minute. Not the worst free throw shooter. So I was pleased with that pick. Um, and then uh, Pascal Siakam. I thought that was interesting. He's a, a fun preseason guy. Um, Camel picked him up. So moving on to round 11. And let's talk about the, my, my, proud, my proud pick right now. Is Malcolm Delaney. Uh, I was, and I'm kind of glad that yes. Malcolm Brogdon got taken instead. Because if Malcolm Brogdon fell to me, I wouldn't have taken Delaney. And, man, that's looking good, man. I think he's going to get uh, 20 minutes out of the gate. And he can do a little of everything. Three points, steals. Uh, I like him, man. He's already on the radar for, I want to say, like 16-team leagues already. No, for sure. I mean, look, the I think the Hawks are going to give Dennis Schroeder every chance to run with that point guard job. But if he falters, Delaney now is basically second in line. So. And don't forget, we've seen uh, Budenholzer put him in the doghouse for guys like Sheldon Mack before. So... It no, can... for sure, for sure. I mean, I was talking about I like Schroeder earlier, but he does. I like typically there have been nights where a bad dentist shows up and he looks <laughs> like he just doesn't want to be there. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how he responds as a full time starter, and maybe maybe Delaney gets more chances than we think. Yeah, and then other picks that I like too. Where Eddie Tavares block rate is going to be insane. Uh, if Dwight goes down, I think we're going to talk a lot about him. Uh, Justin Holiday, maybe if the Courtney Lee thing doesn't work out, I fully expect it will though. Um, can play two positions too. Holiday, uh, Tyler Ulis is just a straight lottery ticket if the Suns kind of break things up, or obviously Knight injury prone, Bledsoe injury prone. So if either of those two guys go down, you're talking about Ulis who could do a little of everything. And then JaVale McGee, Mr. Shackton, <laughs> that was a nice pick, man. Getting McGee late, um, gonna make the team. Probably won't be in the rotation out of the gate, but d- dude, how fun is it that the Warriors are gonna be amazing for three quarters? And then garbage time JaVale. Like, ah. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> There's no, no downgrade there for the entertainment no, value. Anybody else from this one? Um, No, wait. Was this? No, this was after uh, Brockton, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, nothing really jumps out. I like Boris Diaz was kind of cool. What's that? I thought Boris Diaz was a, a solid pick. Darrell Arthur yeah. I thought was solid. Yeah. I mean, Utah probably will play Diaw a bunch I yep. mean, because he's just a guy who somehow finds his way onto the court. Yeah, Steve took Boban. That was solid. Uh, Always he's, fun. He's, he's buried. I mean, it's, it's tough to take a third center, but Boban, if uh, he just needs 15 minutes to have, or even 10 minutes to have value. Yeah, for sure. Um, so last round here, um, guys that I thought, there were quite a few that I liked. Um, Ian Clark I thought is sneaky in case the Pat McCall thing goes south, which I don't think it will. Uh, Salah Measure was a really nice pick. Uh, mm-hmm. Jordan Farmer was re- a really good pick, too, with the Ty Lawson thing uh, kind of up in the air. And then you made a great pick, a guy who's been kind of the sneaky 
preseason all-star, and that's Glenn Robinson. Uh, I was like, I, I didn't think anyone had him on their radar. I was considering him. I took Ivanka Zubats, who I couldn't believe was there, um, to get a center that late. So I was pumped for that. And then now with Timothy Mozgov dinged up, it's I'd love to see Zubats get, get in there. I think Glenn Robinson might have been available because he was just listed as Glenn yeah. in, the draft, in the draft thing. There was another guy that had that too. I was like, who's this guy it's like with the one name? Is it, there's more than nays now? Yeah, yeah. It's just Glenn, which I love. I hope they don't fix that because I just like looking at our roster and seeing Glenn there. But uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to keep playing after CJ Miles is back, but a guy can dream. Yeah, and then uh, Rashawn Holmes I liked if the, the Sixers either lose a guy to injury or – Trade them both. Uh, this guy's looked really good in the preseason, too, so he's a guy to keep an eye on. I thought Josh McRoberts was kind of interesting, too, just because the whole power forward thing is such a mystery in Miami. Although it looks like For sure. Derek Williams and. I mean, when, when did Derek Williams go, by the way? He went in. That's a lot of Derek's. Uh, seventh round, that's solid. Like, I, I yes. think he's like a last round 14 teamer, 16 teamer. And then James Johnson's in the mix, too, and he, he went. Uh, he went in the eighth round. That's solid. Another guy who we've seen James Johnson go on some runs, man. So for sure, steals and blocks machine when he's getting a chance to play. Yep. yep. All right. Anything you want to add here, man? This was I knew this was going to be a long pod, but <laughs> what do you I don't think so. Yeah, when you're going I, what 360. I don't think picks? I have anything to add. Did I mention that I'm upset that I auto drafted Jared Jack? I yes. cannot remember if I said that. Oh, uh, it's all good. That wasn't. Well, was it what round seven? Yeah, I mean, it was like 200 picks in. I'm just, I'm just finding something to complain about. Yeah, you're fine. You're, yeah, you mean you have Curry, man. You're good. You and I have that's definitely true. Have a huge advantage having those guys. All right, man. So this is great. What time is the column going up? Uh, the column is going up probably around noon on Friday. Awesome. So yeah, it'll be up pretty much when this is getting posted. So yeah, thanks everyone for listening. You guys have a great weekend, and thanks for coming on, Matt. All right, Mike. Thanks for having me, man. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.